Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today I talk with Bill Kenny, co-founder of Focus Lab, a full-service agency based out of Savannah, Georgia. We talk about growing up in Martha's Vineyard, the challenges of leadership while working remotely, and more, all right after this. I want to thank our friends over at Jack Prince for sponsoring this episode. Whatever you need printed, they can do it. Do you need stickers? Jack Prince can do it. Do you need t-shirts? Jack Prince can do it. Embroidered hats, business cards, banners? Jack Prince can do it. They make great stuff at a great price. Speaking of banners, Jack Prince has their lowest prices on banners ever right now. Some of them are up to 70% off. I just looked up the cost of an 8 foot by 5 foot banner. How much do you think it should cost? $200? $300? More? You can get it at Jack Prince for just $70. While we're talking about great offers, let's talk about the fact that Jack Prince is offering a free Silver Ink upgrade going on right now. But it's not just on Silver Ink. If you're looking to get something embroidered, you can get free silver thread too. So when you get something printed or embroidered, now through the end of the year, add some Silver Ink into that design. If you love pocket-sized notebooks, check out Jack Prince Pocket Notes. They come with tons of great options, making them perfect for gifts, giveaways, branding, and custom office supplies. Custom pocket notebooks are sized for quick sketching and note-taking. Plus, unlike other printers who, you know, make you design around their logo and have all those parameters like that, Jack Prince builds their custom notebooks from the ground up giving you the entire cover to customize in vivid full color. Jack Prince makes great affordable stuff for designers like you and I. They focus on quality and customer service and have been loyal Creative South sponsors for years. Why not pick them next time you need stickers, banners, or pocket notebooks printed? Plus, Jack Prince is giving you a great discount. You can save up to $75 on your next order. Just use promo code CS16PODCAST at checkout or visit jack.inc/design. Are you ready to explore your creativity and meet a ton of new friends while you're doing it? Then head over to creativesouth.com right now and get your Creative South tickets. Join us April 6th through 9th in Columbus, Georgia for Creative South, where you come as friends and leave as family. If you like the podcast and want to help support us, head over to patreon.com slash creativesouth. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. Plus, when you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts, and you can even get your own podcast episode. So please, help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash creativesouth. we started off before we started recording talking about um you know kids and video games and how you can make a living with uh recording all that stuff nowadays it's a new world that's gonna be my golden ticket yeah my son to become youtube famous at eight that would be awesome uh well i don't know how that would speak of your parenting but (laughs) well i'll just not be the macaulay colgan parents there you go there you go though to retire you would have to be the record Macaulay Culkin parents. Yeah, so. that may be true. <laughs> so, um, so where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up on Martha's Vineyard. Okay. Which, um, some people know about, some people don't. I, it's like a 50-50, I feel like. Some people say, well, where the hell is that? So my understanding uh, is Martha's Vineyard is a land of two worlds where, you know, you've got where the part that most people know about is the rich and famous where everybody goes to vacation and then there's the real side of martha's vineyard where it's working class a lot of fishermen a lot of stuff going on yeah that's exactly right so when we moved there that was my father was running the water department i mean it was that world it was very blue collar oh Um, so he got the stable government job uh utilities yeah, which was, a, you know, honestly, it was a little bit of a breakthrough. We were living in Lynn. I was, or actually, we were living in Swampscott, but it's um, all up in the North Shore, all that like Salem um, area mm-hmm. uh, above Boston, uh, close to the shore there. And uh, he got that job pretty young. And even back then, Martha's Vineyard was still like a destination. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't have to be fully rich. We were not to get there, but it was still a great opportunity for my parents uh, and for us as a family to kind of like grow up. Not on the North Shore, and there's not. This is not a knock to the North Shore. This is just 
the real world when you live on the mainland as the mm-hmm. people on the vineyard would call it you know you're just um you're exposed to so much more sure so even if you you know just boil it down to the simple things like crime and all of that where when you grow up on the vineyard that little tiny island off of massachusetts you're you're pretty secluded uh in a good way at the end of the day i mean you feel like you're kind of stuck in jail growing up there <laughs> in a lot of ways because you're gotta make fun for the teenage years right yeah, I mean, there's literally, there's no malls, there's no no McDonald's, no nothing. Um, so you, you grow up kind of like wanting those things, but as you get older, you realize those are not important and what a great place to raise a family. So um, it was cool. That's where I grew up. I was there from second grade all the way till I graduated high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that is a long time. Yeah, and people are like, you know, what are the weird questions? Like, people actually live there? It's like, yeah, like <laughs> lots of people, like tens of thousands of people. There's seven different towns. Mm-hmm. There's only one high school. It's right in the middle. Uh, but you grow up in different towns. You go to different elementary elementary and middle schools, uh, and then you kind of all come together into a singular high school. My graduation class was 110. Not, not, not huge, yeah. not tiny either. You know, I mean, you still have some people in small towns and in these other mainland states and they graduate with 30 people or something so oh yeah well i mean had i gone had i finished my senior year of high, i went to high school mostly in kentucky and then my senior year we moved to augusta georgia um but had i graduated high school in kentucky i think there would have been like 87 people in my graduating class okay. yeah so, so about the same scale so everybody yeah. knows everybody it's the same yeah it's the same exact scenario but great what a beautiful place so i go back there now and uh, we go back every year and now we take our son there and i get to like walk him around and it's funny because like the people that i grow have grew up with Mm. uh are now kind of like business owners there so if we go to a restaurant i'll know the kid that used to be a kid the guy now and i've known him since i was your age yeah he'll like (laughs) compass a meal or whatever my son thinks that we're just like famous when we walk (laughs) but it's just because i went to school with all these people and i grew up with them <laughs> so, so do your parents still live in that area, or do, have they moved away since? So they moved away. So my father lives in Maine now. He recently just moved up to Maine. So it's funny. We had a little bit of a migration to to Georgia, and I started that trend. So I went to okay. school in Florida for a while for four years and graduated there with my undergrad, and then uh, I went to Savannah. That's how I landed mm-hmm. there and Focus Lab ended up there. And uh, I was doing really well there. I was thriving and growing Focus Lab, and I loved the weather. It was just a nice change. Um, so from the Northeast, meaning from winters and sure. all that, so kind of like convinced yeah, my mom to come down. Then my sister came down. My brother came down. My dad moved down, but he moved outside of Atlanta. He okay. wasn't in Savannah specifically. Uh, then I got married and left. And then I think <laughs> that started the train of well, when Bill's not here. He, I was kind of the, uh, I was the first person. I was kind of like the staple. You know, uh-huh. I knew the area and I had kind of rooted there. And when I left, everyone's like, well. I guess we don't really need to be here anymore. I was a little bit of the glue, so everyone went basically back northeast. And my mom is back on the vineyard now, which is awesome. Oh, okay, cool. So, how does your why does your dad end up in Maine? <laughs> I mean, I'm my, assuming for work. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So he works in an interesting field, which is basically water treatment in general. Um, so now he works at a wastewater plant running that up in Maine and I you know it's like one of these trades that people don't really go to school for anymore you know I, I sure. can't see my son saying I want to be the head of a wastewater treatment plant you know um, that's what my brother-in-law does so <laughs> so um so it's it has this funny demand now where there's no like influx of new people coming in um so you kind of get your a little bit more of a pick of a litter of where you want to work and where you want to go. And my dad is just a natural kind of woodsman anyways. He went to an agricultural high school, which is why he's in that field. Um, And Maine is built for woodsman-type people. Yeah, there's only two cities in Maine. Yeah, he loves it. Just open land. (laughs) Three if you you count the capital. I mean... Yeah, so we're excited to go up there. It's cool because, you know, we live in Jersey, which a lot of people would think that, that that's very maybe overpopulated and... So are you in North Jersey or are you in South Jersey? Uh, we would be considered basically right on the line of like Central and North. Okay. To the point where it has a little bit of a complex. It doesn't know what it is, the town we live in. If you uh, ask some people, they say we're North Jersey. And if you ask other people, they say we're Central. So we're like right on that line. Basically, if you if you look at a map, we are 45 minutes directly west of New York City. Okay. So if you're in the city, you just took a train, you're going straight west right to our town, uh, which is awesome. 
for me because I'm that close to the city now if I need to pop in there because I want to or just go in there to uh, <laughs> hang out with clients or, sure. or design peers or whatever. Sure. And I, I'm going to ask you some more questions about that in a bit because just remind me when we get there. Okay. So, you know, like you said, you kind of bounced around and you ended up being the first one to uh, head below the Mason-Dixon line. And yeah. So you went to college in Tampa, right? Yeah, University of Tampa. Pretty small private school. And so really, why- that was a... And I think this was your question. Uh, why did I end up there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was a pretty terrible high school student. Yeah, but me I too. did know that I wanted to get off of Martha's Vineyard. I, it was time for me to leave. It's one of those places, like, if you if you don't venture out, you will never venture out. Sure. You will just become lifelong. You will be on the vineyard for your entire life. And, and there's nothing wrong with that per se. But it is great to actually go out and experience the world, too, even if it is just the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, so It's a big country. I, yeah. Yeah, and a beautiful country. There's a lot of uh, great things to see and do here. Uh, so I went into my guidance counselors or you know whatever that little room is there where they have all the books and stuff where you're going to decide where you're going to go to college. Mm-hmm. And I literally plucked a book out of there. I did apply to other schools. I applied to Northeastern. I applied to University of Connecticut. Uh, and this one was the random pull. And it happened to be University of Tampa, the book. And I looked through it, and it was beautiful. The campus is beautiful. It's in Tampa, Florida. You know, the mm. photography was great. I'm like, hmm, I think that's going to be my outlier. I'm just going to apply there, too. Uh, and I got in there. I got the letter from them first. So okay. then they were heavy on my radar. And I'm like, ooh, I can go to Florida. This would be awesome. I can, like, really get out of here. Because Connecticut still, and, like, Northeastern is still... Not really getting far, far away from you're not You're not changing your geography a ton. Right. <laughs> so I was like, this is it. I'm going to Florida. I didn't, I, my grandparents had lived there. So I had some kind of connections down there, but they were far away. It's not like I really was going to be able to visit them a ton. So I went down there fairly blind um, and just went for it. And it was awesome. It turned out great. That's when I realized I'm a creative. I should be an art student. Mm-hmm. Instead of like liberal arts degree and taking all these classes I could care less about. Like I do not want to take another math class. No. I hate it. It's a struggle for me. Just, to, you know, so what, what am I doing with myself? Uh, so but you always so hear up the, until that point when you were in high school, had you really had a whole lot of interest in the arts or anything? Uh, I did on like a personal level. But everyone says but not in a back then, like, what do you, yeah. you, well, you can't be an artist. You know, the world has changed now. And I think us as parents realize, well, you, you actually could be. Um, well, I think but, our generation realizes, right? Cause yeah, because my just parents like, still tell me, <laughs> "What are you going to do?" I'm You're twenty go years paint. into my career, <laughs> like yeah. it's a little late. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I've never took it serious, but that was always my favorite class in school. Sure, that was the thing I always excelled at. That was the thing I did for fun at home, which is always doodle and draw. But at that point, it was like stupid skateboarder hobby artwork. You know what I mean? Right, it, it didn't right. mean anything. It wasn't going to translate into anything big, so it was never taken seriously. Uh, but it was when I got to college, and I realized mm-hmm. like that can be my degree. You're telling me I can like draw for hours in class, and that's and not get in trouble. I will for be it? graded on that. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I want to do. So I guess you could look at it as it was. It was also going to be my easy path. Sure. Um, but it was also very much my passion and what I enjoyed. So I excelled. I really, really excelled when I became an art major, and that was the first time I really excelled at school. In general, I mean, I wasn't like a straight F student, but I was pretty bad. I would say like solid C, <laughs> solid C. Yeah, even getting into like B's would have been like, wow, I did really good in that class. Yeah. You know? uh, but as soon as I changed to R major, I mean, it was basically straight up A's, um, because I loved it. You know, but yeah, if that, I had that to was do a me project, too. I worked on it all night because I wanted to, not because um, I needed feel like you were forced to. Yeah. I don't know. My senior year portfolio, I felt like I was pretty well forced to do that. <laughs> I was so tired at that point. It was Yeah, painful. you were burnt out. So I oh, still yeah. had to do the core classes in the beginning. It's not oh, like yeah. if you pick art degree, you'd never have to take math. So I think by the time I got to that stuff, I was still riding the wave by senior year. I mean, I was loving my art senior art show. and mm-hmm. um, It was awesome. That, I would say that that was probably a big shift. For me, to that point, my parents were probably like, who knows? Like, we're just happy he's off at college and, yeah, you know, hopefully he doesn't flunk out or whatever. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get through college, do you, because I know, you know, Focus Lab is based in Savannah. Right. It's where you guys are headquartered. Yeah. Um, do you just up and leave and start heading that direction to begin with? Or do you, you know, take a job right out of college and try to figure out what you want to do? 
Yeah, so I moved to I moved to Savannah, and the plan there was I was going to go to SCAD, which is the big art school, ah, and okay. get my master's degree. Because although I had just graduated University of Tampa, and I was like really thriving in this art thing, I still didn't know what that was going to turn into. Sure. Uh, I didn't have a specific plan leaving there. I didn't know even what it could be, honestly. So that was the next path for me. I figured, well, I'll just go bigger and better. I'll just continue to learn and get better at what I do, and I'll have a master's degree, and then maybe the world opens up for me at that point. And um, I didn't do that because my financial aid fell through. (laughs) And I was not going to float the bill for SCAD. Um, It's a really expensive private art school. Yeah, really expensive. Uh, so uh, I avoided that, thankfully, because I'm nearly out of debt now, which feels great. And um, But I, I wanted to stay there. I had committed, again, just like Tampa, I had committed to going to Savannah. I didn't know anybody there. I had already found my little apartment online, sight unseen, pre-furnished, whatever. I'm going to roll with it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty easygoing person mm-hmm. in general. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to find my way there for a little bit. And God forbid, if it doesn't work out, I'll just go back to the vineyard. But the plan was like... That's always last resort. People think the vineyard's yeah. great. The vineyard is great. You don't really want to like grow up. It's not the land of opportunity. It, it, when you grow up in some place, it's generally not always. It, <laughs> right. it, it takes some distance to realize you know, what you miss about places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not racing back there and thinking that a career will start there. But I will. I mean, now still the plan is to always like I want to have a house there. I want us to be able to vacation there a bunch. You know, that is still a goal. Sure. Uh, so I stayed in Savannah and worked a, a slew of bad to pretty bad jobs like really hard manual labor jobs mm-hmm. um just some random desk jobs like through temp agency stuff so you're not I even cl- doing like design work at this point. oh no i climbed the ladder from ground zero like my first job when i moved to savannah when i moved to savannah i had one month's rent mm-hmm. cash that's all i had i had enough to float me one month you can see i live by the seat of my pants a little bit i don't anymore well, that's thankfully good. um but Wish at I could that say point, you know, you're out of college, whatever. It's easy peasy. You don't really have much responsibilities uh, to keep yourself alive. It's probably the main sure. one. And uh, so uh, I had to take whatever I could get. And I went to the, the local newspaper uh, and just started looking at stuff and calling people. And I got this carpenter's helper job. And one question from the guy when I called him was, uh, do you know much about carpentry? And I said, no, not really. He's like, great, that's what I wanted you to say. I just need somebody to follow me around and do what I say. I was like, I got you. I'll do whatever <laughs> you need. So I literally was like carrying lumber around job sites and digging up roots for foundations to be poured, like the hardest work I had ever done. Um, the type of work where you got to go home and like sit in the hot bathtub for an hour and be like, oh, my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? Like, why Think, am I things here hurt doing that this? I don't know exist? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and then that evolved over time. Over, we'll, we'll call it a couple years, and then you know, you start to meet people. Savannah's a small community, and then I started working at this vacation rental company, uh, which now I could sit at a desk and I didn't have to do the hard labor anymore. I got paid more, <laughs> and it was um, it was nice, and I loved the people there and the team. But I still was not doing design at that point. But I'd started at that company because they realized, oh you went to school for design maybe you can like make our business cards better so i started became i kind of in a way unplanned became their in-house designer i fully transitioned over about two to three years of working there to being more of like a receptionist and a Mm -hmm. customer person helping them find their house and giving them their keys to their rental and and all that too i did all their business cards i did all their brochures i did their like online marketing stuff i did their website so my day job so, so you go that. from receptionist to their marketing department essentially yeah basically um you know a small company not a huge company it's just a little tyvee island company i think the team mm-hmm. at that point when i was working for them was maybe eight people uh that were in the office um which so that was great that was a humongous kickoff point for me because what happened in turn was um the woman that owns that business who was great um, she started telling her friends that also own businesses on Tybee Island, oh, you're a realtor and you need business cards and a website. You know, the guy Bill that works in my office, he'll probably do that for you. Uh, mm-hmm. So I started doing a lot of freelance work at night for all these other people to the point where it was very obvious uh, I, I actually could do this you and know, make more. Yeah, what, you, and, what you should be doing. Yeah, that seems like a path that I can follow. Like this is something now that was like my first vision of like, oh, that could be a 
career. I can design mm-hmm. stuff for people and make money. And although it was still grueling at that point, comparatively chasing around small checks from people and, you know, freelance world at the, um, at the lowest level, if you will, not that the clients are bad, but it's your first introductory to any of that. How do I invoice people? I don't know. I guess I'll just make invoices in illustrator and I'll number them myself. So, you know, you're just kind of like figuring it all out. Um, I met my business partner, around that time i was freelancing to the point where i couldn't do it all so there yeah, i was about to ask how did, how did you end up meeting eric yeah so um i put out a little little piece of content on my tiny little website uh that <coughs> said looking for um the web developer i probably used some terrible term i don't even know what i would have said at that point and uh because <laughs> somebody was looking for me a, a real estate agent specifically on Tavi was looking for me to do a flash site and that was beyond me. I mean, I, w- I went to school for fine arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and although I loved computers and stuff, like I was not bridging the the technical development side of web at all. The f- closest I was getting was Dreamweaver. You know, still in the the Adobe suite. Well, now the Adobe suite. Um, so, <laughs> Back when it was Macromedia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, which is funny because in school I had done a whole class on director, if you remember director application. I do. I and never I got, could figure the damn thing out. <laughs> I got really good at director, which is it's very similar to Flash. In yeah, it's, it's Flash had, on steroids. I had, I wish that that class would have been Flash because that would have been way more applicable sure. after school because that's kind of what blew up in directors. Like, well, you're not going to build crap like that in director but i built my whole portfolio for scad and director not a a ton of shockwave files out there yeah exactly right uh so i needed somebody i couldn't do it um and he replied to that i don't even know how he found my site it's not like i was it was not focus lab seo was not a thing back then either yeah we didn't (laughs) have the exposure we have now uh he just happened to find it and he reached out and we we met and it, it totally hit it off Mm-hmm. From the beginning, we realized, like, let's do this together. I don't think I want to, like, contract you to do work every now and again. He was working at Zales, I think, at that point in the mall. And he had another job. I forget what it was. He was juggling a bunch of jobs. And it just, it worked out, man. When you hear all these stories about, like, partnerships are terrible, be very careful before you get into a partnership. Focus Lab would not be what it is 100% without the partnership that it has, which is me and Eric. We both bring so much to the table. We need each other in a lot of ways. It creates a lot of balance. Um, you have a helper, you know, in your mission of like growing a business. It's not easy. You're learning a lot, so you have somebody by your side. It's yeah. It's well, and so it sounds like you have very a compatible personalities and complementary skill sets. So you yeah. you don't you're not revolving in the same world in skill sets, right? So that helps you guys overlap and fill in gaps. Yeah, we are. Do you know anything about disk profiles? A um, little bit. So I mean, we, I know what they are. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty. We're fairly opposite in those profiles. Oh, so really? Disk D I S C. Yeah. Um, he is more. He is the C, um, which was is detail, detail, mm. detail, detail. And I guess you can attribute that to like developer detail. Like they're kind of like most of them would fall into that category. I am not detail. I'm the I'm the I and the Imagine S, which an art is, major not detail. <laughs> it's it's purely interactive. It's all sure. driven off emotion and feeling and interacting with people and d- details. It's okay, but it's not you know like if you look at my score, my C score is like bottoming out, and he's, his C score is nearly a hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, so even our personality styles are very complementary, and we bring both of those important things to Focus Lab. Right, Focus Lab needs detail. It would be missing a lot of things if it didn't have. Eric. You can't because have. You like, can't run a successful business without paying attention. Right. To exactly right. So all those things matter, and we just. But at the end of the day, even when you scrub those things out, we are still very like-minded people. Mm-hmm. We're still very down to earth. We're grounded. We we're shooting for the same thing. We have a lot of the same just values in the way that we approach things. Um, I learn a lot from him honestly and just the way that he approaches things uh he's seven years younger than me oh eric wow. is quite a bit younger yeah i'm 37 and eric has just turned 30 i got him this I did not giant bad to the bone buck knife so the funny thing about eric is like eric's such an awesome dude he's very like clean cut like he's not going to be like a gun owner he's not going to be shouting mm-hmm. support trump and he, like he's just not 
Now that is, you know, you guys, let's not get political here, but, yeah. you know, Eric keeps it pretty, pretty clean. You know, he goes to No, I'm going with, uh, and... based just on profession, what our, my audience is, that yeah. it's fairly safe that we're leaning more left yeah, than we are right. So, so, but, yeah. And, uh, but the one thing I was going to say, but he does love his knives. He's got like this, he's starting this cool knife collection. So it's so cool for me now when I get him like birthday presents, I just go for these big crazy knives to get them and i get like so much joy out of giving it to him so i just gave it to him two weeks ago when i was there like presented it to him um so long story short yes partnership has been great for focus lab that's how i met eric he responded to that ad i think that that was probably a one in ten thousand chance Mm -hmm. that he would have seen my site that he would have responded that we would have met once and decided hey let's start a business together and now we're six years later ish and it's it's only getting better and better because we're getting older and smarter and we're kind of learning, you know, as we go. So it's been sure. unbelievable. I can't believe you guys have only been around for six years. For some reason, I thought it was a little longer than that. I thought yeah, you were, I, th- I thought you were um, much closer to that 10 year anniversary. Even for, well, you know, it depends on how you look at it too. We, we'd worked together a little bit before focus lab actually sure. like went, you know, and it had its own bank account and the name was registered um, okay. But not that much longer before that. We're not like, it's not like we were dating for 10 years and we've only been married for two. You know, it's not that discrepancy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the business is pretty much just around that age. Uh, it's even funny for me to think about now because it does, it feels longer. Uh, I think that we've, in a way, and I'm not tooting our own horn, and we don't, we try not to do this uh, at Focus Lab, but with what we've accomplished and the following mm-hmm. that we've amassed, and not that that means everything, but like these things take time to do. Uh, hard work and energy and intention and all that. We've accomplished a lot in a small amount of time, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, one of the things I find interesting about you guys um, and the way the business up, well, I say the way the business operates, like I know how it operates, um, is I've noticed that the talent that comes out of Focus Lab and that goes on to do other things. I mean, you've got, you know, Rocky Rourke, who's a great illustrator. You know, Alicia's still there. She's an incredible photographer. Yeah. Um, you've got Charlie Waite, who's now, you know, leading the team over at GoPro. Yeah. You know, so you've got a lot of, and there's somebody else I'm sure that I'm missing that I can't think of at the yeah, moment. John the Howell, Howell yeah, John Howell. Howell went okay. to Microsoft and now he's at Twitch. Yeah. Which will be awesome. I'll be excited to see what he kicks out over there. Matt went and started his own thing at Twin Forest and doing good in Savannah. We so are. You're, yeah, so you guys are fostering something where, you know, you're not trying to hold anybody back from pursuing what their dreams are, too. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic as an owner, I've got to tell you. Um, I think that we're, we, so we've got a couple things working for us. We have a lot of gravity, that we have an attraction, we're a magnet for mm-hmm. people to say, like, I'd like to work there. So I think we get, we get a bigger pool to pick from. Uh, sure. Instead of just saying like, "Oh, I, you're the only designer around," I guess we'll hire you, and I hope you work out. So I think from that, <laughs> uh, we're able to find really great people, uh, which is good. Uh, but we are also not just hunting for superstars either, right? We don't need um, full grade A potential from day one. <laughs> I feel like we're very good at finding. Not that you won't take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, taking that comes with a, a big cost too. Yes, and, and, true. You know, and some added personality and. and you want the there. one that's got the grade A talent with the grade D self confidence <laughs> that you can well, hang you need on some to. Confidence, but yeah, just yeah, just financially, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to say we're good at finding the diamond in the rough because that would be a discredit to a lot of the people that uh, we've hired. But if you think about somebody like Rocky. You know, I'm able to look past and say, like, okay, you don't have a ton of experience and uh, those things, but I see the potential in you, and we're going to grow you. Um, I think that a lot of these people are good examples of that. Some came in stronger than others. Um, Charlie Wade specifically probably came in the strongest. He was already doing his stuff for a while um, and then went on, but... well, Charlie's like also to... one of those baby faces that looks a lot younger than yeah, he actually is. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. I'm actually supposed to I see think... him on Thursday, which is exciting because I haven't. Because I think Charlie and I are about the same age. So <laughs> Charlie's such a great dude to me and him. And I try to do this with everybody the best that I can. You know, breakups are weird, no matter yeah. how, no matter how they go. But we yeah. do our best to kind of keep them happy and listen. If if people need to to spread their wings and fly, 
then you don't want you don't want to be the one to hold them back. Exactly right. That's not my job. What am I going to hold people back? No, and give them guilt trips and all that. Listen, if you got to go, you got to go. You're going to make your own decisions. I'm going to support you uh, in what you need to do. And thankfully, Focus Lab is the type of organization where that doesn't destroy us. We can go out and find new great talent. It's funny. I, I use this analogy not too too much. Um, but I think about this because I'm a Patriots fan. If you think about the Patriots <laughs> and how how talent runs through them in and out, they continue to win. They have a winning attitude. Their system, the type of people they go after, those types of things. I, I, in a way, because of what I've seen so far, the trend is mm-hmm. proving that we are a little bit like that. Charlie leaving was a big deal. Charlie was basically number three in the company. Me and Eric and then Charlie, biggest designer biggest voice um outside of me and eric for him to leave i'm sure a lot of people thought like whoa i I mean i know we were like okay what does this mean for focus lab (laughs) does this step us down a good bit and we have to like build back up and and again no no discredit to charlie charlie's awesome but when we go out and we get people like alex sailor and and joshua and Mm -hmm. And they just turn it on and you're like wow we didn't even skip a beat you know and charlie was really worried about that too charlie the way that Charlie left was perfect. Me and him talked about it a bunch. It was right for him. It was right for his family. He made that move. But I think he felt a little bit of like, man, I hope I'm not leaving you in a bad spot. I know I'm a big player here. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he calls and says, like, how are things going? I'm like, dude, we've never been better. Like, I love you, bro. <laughs> but we're killing it right now. Thanks that, for leaving. <laughs> that makes him happy, too, you know? So it's all good. We try to, you know, we want wins for everybody at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you want people to stay and work for you because there's you yes. know, that continuity of work, and you know, you build a team that you grow comfortable with as well. But you right. don't want to sit on somebody and squash their dreams because, exactly. in the long run, that ends up hurting you too. Yeah, I don't want that person that's like, oh, I gotta go into work again today. Like, I never want that person for whatever reason, whether they yeah. just decide they don't want to be a designer anymore, whether they think that going to the West Coast is what you know, their calling actually is, whatever it is. Sure. Um, but that is probably one of the harder dynamics of owning a business. So the two things so far that I've experienced that are like the tough pills to swallow, no matter what type of face you try to put on through it, is the team members moving on. Because we look at very much, uh, Focus Lab is basically like a family. It's just hard mm-hmm. when people leave, even when it's the right thing and you're and you're happy for them. It's still, it's still sad in a way. Yeah. Um, and ever having to, to let somebody go. Those two things are just the worst. Um, but you don't know that when you start a business. You hear yeah. about it, but you don't know what it actually feels like. Uh, those <clears throat> things hurt pretty bad. So, you know, being that you were an art major um, and, and not detail-oriented, when you started all of this stuff, did I mean, obviously, you never expected to get to where you are. No, right. I don't think anybody ever expects that. Exactly. But I guess the I, – how do I want to ask this? How did you kind of figure out what your dynamic as a boss would be? Because, I mean, that's not – when you're an art major, that's not something yeah. you're thinking about. It's Yeah, that's a great question. It's something that I've intentionally been evolving for the past two years, I would say, mm-hmm. but really pretty strongly even this year. Um, in the beginning – I was a designer. We started to hire people. I was still a designer. We hired more people. I was still a designer, but a boss. You know, sure. so the the evolution was slow for me. I would say where Eric early on was a little bit more intentional with like, okay, I'm going to be kind of the, the bigger voice. I'm going to be more of the boss voice. You're still a key component to the design um, arm of Focus Lab. You're going to kind of sit and we both you know decide this uh you're gonna sit more as kind of like lead designer i'll be more boss if you will as needed or obviously still both boss but sure i did that for a while um but the team only you know starts to get so big um i cannot one one person can't do it all and yeah and i can't only just be a designer because even at that point like i start to become a bottleneck because i need to Mm -hmm. be doing a lot of other things too so even in the past year specifically it's been I am a boss. I'm not the lead designer. You guys are now just as strong, if not stronger than me in a lot of ways. I don't need to be the big design voice. I trust you all. You're great. I'm a boss now. Um, Going to leadership conferences, reading tons of books on leadership, and just 
really embracing that a lot more. I would say it's not as if I never did any of it and then I switched this year. It was sure. it was a there, gradual. but I never really, really, really started to put like all my eggs into that basket until this year. And it's mm-hmm. felt great, honestly, to take more of that um, ownership, if you will. So me and Eric, Eric led led the front on this, but he put out basically like an anonymous survey to the team saying, what do you think I, Eric Regan, need to work on um, as a leader and as a person in this company? And then everybody responds, the good and the bad, you know, it's all anonymous, so you get it all. That feedback, you know, a feedback loop can be can be tough, um, but it's, it's definitely essential. So I did the same thing. Um, and a fair amount of that feedback was like, we're ready for you to now be like a boss in this company as opposed to kind of the awesome, friendly, designery, bossy guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have to embrace that, and I want to, and it's it's actually been great. So with that comes with, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, you're having to cut back on design stuff. How does that, I guess, affect your your self-identity? Um, after yeah. you've, that's something you've grown for so many years of, you know, I'm, I'm a creative. I'm a designer, yeah. I'm a designer, yeah. From, uh, it doesn't I'm not doing me. really okay. no no I th- because it's been so gradual I think if I had been two years into focus lab and I and I was told you can't design anymore like this you now need to be doing this thing I it probably would have been harder but it's happened at the right time for me I'm mentally so since your growth has happened gradually instead of yes <clears throat> in this meteoric rise from hey we're doing business cards for realtors to the level you're at now yes. it, had that happened in a six-month period versus over a six-year period. Right. Yeah, it would have okay. been a lot harder. I'm ready to give up that torch. And I tell the team that all the time. Like, my goal is not to always be, like, the design guy in the company. Like, I want to lift you guys up. Um, and I want to now be this in the company. So that's expressed. Everybody knows that. I still take on design work. Um, it's a lot less now, though. Like, I probably only do... I think this year I might have only done three design projects and I'm potentially about to start a fourth here in the next week or two as opposed to designing and doing stuff all year. I, I'm in all the design reviews. I still I still have my eyes on a lot of stuff, not because I need sure. to, really. I mean, the team is so strong. They could send out things without me reviewing it and it would be fine. Um, but I like that part of the process. They want me in there too. So we're all in there when we do design review. Everybody, even project managers, throwing out ideas. Um, I'm still in all those loops, but I'm, I don't want to be the design gotcha. guy anymore. And I'm ready for that. I'm happy not to be that. And I'm happy for other people to be it. Sure. Guys and I girls, can... right? Let's not keep this to design guys. <laughs> exactly. Guys in the, I don't, I, don't, I just right. put that out there. And all then encompassing I term. In the all encompassing term, not in the gender specific <laughs> Right. <term. laughs> There's an actual word for that, and now I can't remember what it is. Like, it started coming out of my mouth, and then I lost it. I was like, nope, not going there. All right. So, um, so you as, as this side of you grows, you know, what are the things that you find most exciting about being that leader um, and the most challenging about being that leader? Good word. I should be saying leader, not boss. It's funny. I read all these books. It's leader, 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 leader. And I find myself saying boss, which is not the right word. Just like we don't want to say employee, we want to say team member. Because I don't consider people on the team employees. It's a, I don't know. I don't like that word. It doesn't speak to who we are. Um, Yeah. We do that at my job, too, is nobody's nobody's a boss. Nobody's an employee. Everybody's teammates and leaders. It's all about leadership. And we actually, uh, Eric has also implemented, which has been great. Uh, we call it leading well. We have an eight o'clock on Thursday mornings. It's basically like a leadership book club um, hmm. that we do at Focus Lab. And it's not mandatory. It's for the people that want to be in there, for people that either want to grow into leadership roles with us or just want to have a little bit more of that within them themselves, uh, mm-hmm. even just in life. And uh, we have about six people in that group of the out of the 16, 17 of us mm-hmm. um, that are in that. And it's just awesome because now I'm thinking even beyond me, like who are the other leaders in the team? How are they going to grow as we grow? And they're going to lead divisions of Focus Lab um, in the future and stuff. So I get my joy now out of the idea of leading this team, growing this team, but also letting them grow into what they want to grow into. 
Sure. You know, instead of saying like, okay, you're going to be this and you need to stay on that track forever. Um, I want them to tell me what they think that they're going to thrive and be best at and what drives them, why they'll want to come to work and then put them in that position. Um, so I, I'm almost kind of uh, air traffic controller at this point, but in a good way. You know what I mean? Kind of like taking in lots of information, putting out lots of information, what is it that, whether that's design direction, whether that's uh, our one-on-ones, what are you working on? Do I think this is a leadership year for you or should you still be growing as a designer? Let's get to leadership next year for you. Mm-hmm. you know, all of that type of stuff. Um, and it's been awesome. I love it. It's a change of pace for me. Design is awesome. Design gets old. I'd argue that design gets old for everybody. Honestly, I, I, I think it'd be hard to imagine that anybody could just design month over month, year over year for 30 years. Um, that's a bit of a treadmill. Yeah. Whether you're doing it internally for your, for yourself or clients or whatever it is. Um, so I like the change of pace, new and different. Gotcha. So what do you think the biggest challenges are that uh, revolve around that leadership? Aside from what we talked about before of, you know, having to make decisions that involve people's, whether they stay or go. Yeah. Um, uh, Living up to the team's expectations, probably for me. I want, I want to do my job well, um, that comes for a lot of reasons because I respect and love the team and I think they deserve it. They deserve a good leader. They deserve good leadership within the company, not a company that's just kind of like wandering around while they have big aspirations. And I'm not suggesting we do that, but I'm telling you why that that is important. Um, So I think that's probably it. It's, I want to be good at it and be able to say like, I'm a great leader and I understand all these different um, things now um, to, to kind of grow at that, but really it's for the team, it's for them in a way that you would want the best. This, this may sound bad, so I'll, I'll correct it. Um, <laughs> the way that you would want to do best for your child, you know, um, you would, that responsibility falls on you. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like that responsibility, responsibility now falls on <clears throat> me and I'm not calling them children. Um, but if they're looking at me to lead for vision and direction, I need to make sure I'm doing it well and not uh, failing them. So that's where the pressure comes from, in my mind. Yeah, if you start referring to them as your children, then you, <laughs> then you become a cult leader, which is a whole different thing. I would never say. I would. I am not the smartest in the group. I'm not the most talented in the group. I have just happened to start it, and sure. um, I'm in a unique circumstance because of that. So. Um, it's great. I, I love that fact of it because I don't, I don't have personal aspirations to be the best. Although I am very competitive, I want Focus Lab to grow and not be the best. I, the way that I say it to the team is, I want us to be um, a longevity play. Mm-hmm. I don't care if we're ever considered the best agency of any given year or in anybody's mind. I want us to be that company that's been around for thirty-five years and stayed at number whatever agency among the category of agencies in our range as opposed to oh they were the best but they hung around for six years and like went away sure and there's that's no knock to people that go away there's a lot of reasons why agencies close and people and things change but this is a longevity play for me um i don't even remember what what that was actually answering but it is an important (laughs) note This is a long term. Uh, we were we were talking about the challenges of being a leader. Yeah, yeah it's the team. I want to make sure I do right by them, which sure. is why we do the anonymous polls and ask them, "What do you think I'm doing good? What do you think I'm doing bad?" Everybody has a voice. We're a very transparent, open company. You see values like keep it real on the wall in our office, and that is like, I don't care if you've only been working here for a month. Like if you see a big hole that is not good, if I'm creating it or anybody else is creating it, like keep it real. Bring it yeah. up. Let's talk about it. So continuing in that line of challenges, you're in Jersey now. Yep. Focus Lab is in Savannah. Right. Um, and, and you know, we talked earlier um, about, you know, y- you do have some remote teammates. Yeah. But the vast majority of you are still based in the Savannah area. What What challenges come with that of, you know, being on the leadership side and being removed from the centralized location? Yeah, so we've had 
a remote culture from the beginning because Charlie, one of our earlier team members, was always mm-hmm. remote. So that was kind of baked into how we operated from the beginning. So we're, sure. we are more comfortable with that scenario than maybe other people that have never had a remote person. And now all of a sudden, one of the leaders is remote. Um, so I think that that helped. Um, I think one thing that I carried... Well, here's the two the two negatives to me leaving, which we've been able to to weather fine. Um, personality, I bring a lot mm-hmm. of personality to the office. Again, that that high I, that high S, which is that interactive people person, silly. I want everybody to be happy. Um, that just brings a certain level of energy to the office, and it's great when that energy comes from a leader specifically, because that stuff will just trickle all through. Um, so when when I left, that zapped some of that. Um, and just the ability to be in there interacting, even on like a design level, to quickly like just have a huddle up and say like, oh, what do we think about this? Maybe we should try that. Let's draw on the wall. I have to I have to either assume that those things are happening when they need to happen or I have to say like, hey, you guys should get together and do this. Um, so there are challenges with me not being there. But all in all, again, the team is so strong. We have an older, mature, passionate, driven type of team. It's it's as mm. if we have a team of like driven entrepreneurs in a way, which a lot of people say those are the type of uh, team members you should have. I almost said employees there. And um, <laughs> so they take a lot of that on themselves. It's not as if I need to be in their day-to-day directing. I said I was like the traffic control guy, but not in the sense where – People are just sitting you're not around mic- lost. You're not micromanaging. Yeah, they yeah. don't need me to do that. If anything, they need me not to do that. They need me to stop talking and go away. We don't need your suggestions anymore, old man. Um, <laughs> so so it was not detrimental at all for me to leave. It just created a little bit of a tiny vacuum in the beginning for people that were used to kind of certain energies here and there for me and just having me around. But I can tell you other team members quickly came in and filled that. That brought more energy and mm-hmm. madness to the office than I ever bring. Um, so those vacuums um, quickly disappeared and, and now it just feels normal. I've been gone for two and a half years now. So mm-hmm. it's kind of just the new way of life. Eric is still there. So they still have the sure. leadership presence. Um, and new team members are becoming leaders in the organization. You have, or not new not new team members, some of the older team members, I should say, are now stepping people, up. People are stepping up. Yeah, so it's it's still all there. So if there's any void now, and this would be true, this is not a leadership play. This is just a, for any of the remote people. We're kind of stuck out there, and they're all there, and it's just better when we're all together. You just, there's no way around that. Uh, the speed of things, decision making, just getting together, culture, all of that is just better when everybody's together. So there are five of us that are remote. And to curb that, uh, we have a lot of video calls like this um, mm-hmm. a week. So you interact uh, a good bit. And then every quarter, so every three months, and it comes around pretty fast, All the whole team is in Savannah. We spend a whole week together, dedicated time. We have work and play all week. We're doing pizza trivia nights where we have chop challenges uh that we run ourselves which we do we try to come up with like unique fun stuff so we rent this fairly large house in savannah where we all stay the remote people uh and it's big enough that we can have the whole team there if we want to do like game nights and stuff uh and chopped has been one of the the better ones so we go out we buy a bunch of random groceries we select the teams they have an hour to cook we select you know the ingredients that they're supposed to cook with and then we have judges and we do it like the show. I, I got to ask, what's the most uh, obscure ingredient that you've picked for the challenge so far? Oh, the last one, I think we had too many ingredients. We just had like across the gamut. So we had your normal stuff like chicken and vegetables, but then we threw in coffee, but it couldn't be. It wasn't supposed to be. We actually didn't say this. So people broke the rule uh, and there was there was heat over this but uh you couldn't use it to make coffee it was supposed to be an ingredient in there i think there were gummy bears in there um i can think of about five things to, uh, i don't know about gummy we didn't bears. go too. i can too think strange, about five things to do with coffee though that don't involve brewing it so yeah two two of the teams didn't brew it one made a little bit more like an, an espresso thing and that team actually ended up winning so there was a lot of controversy there because like well it wasn't explicitly said which it wasn't Mm. so um 
either it's just fun so the, i guess the idea there is with remote people we still bring everybody together as much as we can so that's every quarter that's every three months that doesn't even account for uh, conferences like creative south sure. every single one of us attended creative south um this past um event so there are even more opportunities for us to get together um the remote people like myself although we're stuck in basements and guest bedrooms and stuff hey your basement's much nicer than my living room so. <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> i work hard on it you can see the view behind me is like cool and designery but like if i turn my camera angle this way you start to see like the dungeness oh, yeah. part of the basement which is hot water heaters and spider webs and well, if I pull back this moving blanket, you see my washer and dryer. So, so we're, we're playing the same game. It's a facade. Yeah. It's like a, it's like the Wild West. You just go through the door and you're like, oh, there's not a, actually a bar here. Nope. <laughs> so <laughs> we got off on a tangent there. And I forgot what we were talking about aside from the <laughs> ingredients and chopped. So, um, you know, you mentioned uh, a while back when we were talking of you know, future divisions of Focus Lab. Is that something that's uh, in play at the moment or is that uh, hopeful goals? No, I would say that is in play at the moment, although it's baby steps. So to be clear, Focus Lab, we want to maintain everything we are. And maybe a lot of people say this and then grow and break it all, but we're going to do the best (laughs) we can to maintain our culture, our way of life. It is, work is not most important at the end of the day. We want to, be big and successful and for everybody on the team to be happy and successful whatever that means to them whether it be monetarily or they're just really enjoying what they're doing on a daily basis at focus lab um but we don't want to be like 100 people or 200 people like when the goal sure. is not grow 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 we grow very organically kind of like one by one as needed and i would the, the divisions are starting to become clear now which it, it's kind of only been branding and like interactive, like the UI and the web stuff. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really like divided, divided those, but those kind of are the two different teams. And then everybody else kind of floated around those, which is copywriting, project management. Um, but now we have like um, content to think about and information architecture, which falls more on the interactive side. Like, does that start to grow and become an arm? Can people come and just hire us for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, do they need to, to be, hiring us to design a website or an interface for a backend or something to get that service. So now we're starting to think about all our services and how they, how they could be independent or how they couldn't be. And the newest and easiest to break out is now video in motion. Sure. Um, I can see that. So video in motion, an awesome new part to what we offer. It's still, it's young in what we offer. So not a lot of people know that we really, really do that. We've broadcasted branding so hard for so long. People think we're a branding Mm -hmm. shop. Of course, web kind of follows that lead, and now video in motion can follow that, and it kind of supports that. So that's all the visual stuff, and that would be what I would consider when we start to talk about, like, departments at Focus Lab. We don't use that word a lot, but it is a little Mm. bit exciting to me because I remember when it was me and Eric at our our two IKEA desks, and thinking about departments was not even a reality. Hey, the Flickr Flarp desk is very (laughs) handy. I'm still, these are actually IKEA desks that I'm sitting at right here. Uh, Yeah, IKEA is great stuff. Unless you you make more money, you don't spend more money. That's the goal, right? If you want to be, yeah, exactly. You want to be profitable. Um, Going back to Trump, look, he spends three dollars on a website, according (laughs) to him. Oh boy, I think we'll all be excited when this is over, one way or the other. Oh god, yeah. Um, (laughs) So yes, we are we are looking to grow. We do not want to be huge. We want to grow to whatever is right for us. Are we going to get to? 30 people and decide that we've gone too far this is where culture breaks are we going to get to we're at 16 now are we going to get to 21 people and decide that's one i don't know we're going to play it by ear and we're going to we're going to grow and learn along the way uh we do have a model that we're shooting for though with kind of all the seats planned out Mm -hmm. to be director of this these are the people underneath this is what you need to kind of get a really good lay of the land of like what what the ideal structure might look like and how many people that may be and i think it was about 40 something uh, in that plan, but that accounted for a lot of things. So we'll see. We're just gonna you fill one seat by one seat, and you go that way. So are you? And 
and you can answer this or not, or if you don't know, um, are you looking at doing almost a spoken hub model where you've got centralized of this is what our core is, this is what everything is, here's all these things, and here's how they interact with, and then you've got almost these spider web lines where everything interconnects in different ways and different paths? In a way, I suppose. I mean, I don't... Because I mean, I guess the central core would just be our mission, right? It wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't well, be that's, a service. That's, that's, ex- that's exactly what I meant by that. Okay. So that yeah. Yeah. So, so yes. you, you you've got your mission, what your goal is, and then you have all of these departments. Like you've got branding, you've got website. Exactly and, right. You know, branding and website. You know, a lot of times they're going to play together. Yeah. But sometimes people come to you and they have a strong existing brand, anyways. Right. And they need their website redone, so then they fall over to, and they need some motion work, and they fall into that category, but they don't need any branding, and, you know, there's a bit of information architecture in there, and those things. So that's what I meant by that. And and that is the goal. So a good example of that would be, we just worked with Weebly, they came to us, they didn't need anything visual, zero Mm -hmm. visual work from us, they just purely needed copywriting and content stuff. So Summer and Claire uh, are two copywriter slash content people, um, you know, built out brand voice and messaging and all that for them. I, w- I was in one meeting, you know, because mm-hmm. I really am just I'm really part of the visual team. Um, they do not sure. need any oversight on me in that department. I I look at my <laughs> dribble shots. I'm like, oh my god, I spelled half of that stuff wrong. I look like such an idiot. I'm uh, yeah, I can write. Uh, it's definitely not my uh, comfort zone or strong point. <laughs> so that's a good example of yes, and we want people to know that that is an option. I think before it, and I don't know that's really been clear that you could come to us for just brand, mm-hmm. and then leave and go get a website somewhere else. That's fine. We're not going to knock you for that. Or you can come to us just for web, and we don't need to do brand. Although we're not going to do web if your brand is a disaster because we have nothing to work with at that point, and that's just not sure. the environment yeah. we want to live in. Uh, but now you can come to us for just motion, like um, like Help Scout did, or you can come to us for just communication stuff, like Weebly did. So now we're starting to kind of like get these other arms, which is nice. It's not all reliant on oh, you're a branding shop, and as I started to work with you, I realized I could go through this whole life cycle with you I didn't even know about. Mm. Um, so that's, I would say that's the near future for us, and that that has already started. Um, next couple of years, it'll be clearer. Yeah. No, that's very exciting. So, you know, speaking of the next couple of years, what else do you see uh, happening? Uh, or mm. what, what are your goals to hope for? That's a good question. So... We want, you know, in a lot of ways as a business owner, you say if we can stay the course, that's good, right? Because you're happy with status quo in a lot of ways. Life is good. Sure. You know, if we can stay the course, that's great. But the ideal scenario is Focus Lab continues to grow in the way that it has been growing. We're not looking to add five new people next year. and five. New, you know, it's not, it's not a money grow challenge. How big can we become so that we look like we're a big shop? Uh, grow in the way that feels right for us, adding the right team members at the right times for certain arms that might be branching out and, and um, growing in that way. Uh, but I, I think that we're probably going to be pushing just as hard, if not harder, uh, is the product side. Mm-hmm. So for us, we love client work. Client work will always be a part of, of what we do and who we are. So I don't want to misrepresent that. But we need product stuff as well in our mind. Uh, so is that where Made reasons. by Sidecar comes in? That, exactly right. So that's the first baby step to that. That's the lowest hanging fruit to say, well, we need something else to generate revenue. Um, relying on client work is tough as a business model, right? You're it's you're hoping it will always come in. It may not always come in. Um, so it's, well, and you get years like this where it's an election year where the economy just goes on hold until sure. after the election. Yeah, so that gets scary too. So really, Made by Sidecar was a byproduct of our first dip that we ever had which is where we acted the first time we had to let people go um mm-hmm. we're like ooh, man like we didn't expect that we'd only we had only known grow 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 basically you're almost mm-hmm. kind of like naive at that point you're like wow how can work just freeze up for months at a time that's we've never even had it hardly slow down how can it freeze and it did freeze and we're like oh i guess we need other sources of revenue um, so made by sidecar is an, a direct byproduct of that specific slowdown because that was the easiest thing we could get to market. We already make sure. those things, which need to make a store and sell them. Um, the problem with made by sidecar is it reaches designers only, basically. Um, that's a yeah, I can see that's that. a small market yeah. comparatively yeah. to like well, we want to reach the world. Um, so uh, the newest product from us will be the proposal tool. 
uh, which you may have seen leaked a little bit. I have. Um, I, I have seen you putting the stuff out about that. Yeah, so that's that's the new product from us that will have a much bigger um, reach and opportunity in our mind. It's going to be a bigger build. Um, mm-hmm. We're basically building now like a SaaS product from the ground up instead of like, oh, we have style guides. We just need to make yeah. them sellable. Um, so that will be a heavier lift. We focused our last quarterly on that until Hurricane Matthew came and we had to run away. But um, we started kind of what's the mission? Safety first. Yeah, safety first. Yeah, yeah. we want to be able to stay alive to build it. Um, so the goal is to get that out um, early next year. That may be a stretch on top of client work. You know, because right now it's kind of like the chicken and the egg or like you don't have enough time to do one or the the other which is the product mm-hmm. but you need the other to offset client work so right now we're juggling both or all yeah. of those things uh and we're doing well i wouldn't say like now clients are not getting the level of work that we would create because we're like trying to chase all these other things but uh, that's you're going to see that starting to come from us over the next year or two well do you see that growing into being a separate company not a, not a separate company, but a separate team within the company. So you've yes. got you know your branding team. Yes. You've got your yeah okay absolutely. But again, like let's take it one step at a time. We can we could try to plan for that. Let's get the thing built first. Let's see if anybody yeah. even cares yeah. to use it. Um, that was always the plan with Sidecar too. Sidecar um, grows big enough, it won't need to pull certain team members at certain times to do things from Focus Lab. It will have its own team. Um, mm. But the proposal tool, in our mind, is going to be have a faster growth trajectory just because of the opportunity and the people that will reach the price sure, points and, and all of those things. So we're really excited about the proposal tool. We love Sidecar. Sidecar is good. Sidecar will continue to go. But again, it's like even once you once you oversaturate our current following, now we're left having to find new people, You know, which entails like, well, marketing. Where are we going to market? Where are we going to advertise? Like all these other things, which... I feel your pain there. I'm trying to figure yeah, that stuff out. Yeah, it's too. exciting and not <laughs> exciting at the same time. Um, things that we'll really take seriously with a proposal tool as well. Um, so sure. that's that. I would say that that's probably what's new and different as far as Focus Lab itself. Oh, and let me speak to like the long-term plan would be 50-50 split, fifty percent client work, fifty percent product stuff. And we have a good blend of revenue coming through team mm-hmm. members if they want to say like hey i'm ready to like work on a product maybe we can switch them across teams you know they get sick of client work for a while okay you want to come over here and be on the the product side for a year or two and like work on a product and then maybe someone you know so like i don't know we'll, we'll see what happens sure okay that makes sense so personally what's on the uh what's on the horizon for you oh Good question. I'm at a really great point in my life, honestly. Um, Aside from that Patriots game. Yeah, the Patriots game. We're going <laughs> to go for another W there so everybody can continue to hate on us. Um, we will, or I will, I don't know. I don't, you know, my horizon is is fairly simple at this point. I've newly married. I've been married for a couple of years. Um, I'm happy and content right now. Which is kind of where you, why you hear the statements like, you know, if, if I can just stay the course, even with Focus Lab, it doesn't, I don't need it to have tremendous growth year over year. I'm happy even sure. with what it's doing right now because it's not what we would have ever imagined it would have done. Um, personally, my biggest thing for me this year that has already started and going into next year is really health. Uh, I'm older now, 37. I'm about to be 38. I, hey, I got a few years on you. It's, so. <laughs> it's finally time for me to... S- Okay, I need to get proper sleep each night. I need to eat properly as well. I need to be getting out and getting some type of exercise because I sit in this basement all day and I'm a workaholic because I love it. So I'll be mm-hmm. social mediating and dribbling and working on projects until not reasonable times. And, you know, it's obviously and then balancing that with family life. So doing the best I can by Focus Lab, but also just having really great quality time with the family and really, really, really focusing on my health. I've turned into a an extremist on my health at this point, which is like tracking every (laughs) single thing I eat, the types of carbohydrates I'm eating, the amount of protein I'm getting in a day, cutting out sugar, cutting out alcohol, all those things. Like, so I'm, I'm turning into that. All right. Don't take it to the extreme where you're not having fun. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm turning into that like medium post style effort, but I'm not going to write a medium post about it. This is about me. Um, (laughs) but I've in the past month, I've lost almost 20 pounds, um, oh, shit, I need to do that. <laughs> I just feel better. It, 
I want to live till I'm very old. Let's put it that way. So I'm going to start making that change now so that I can affect that. So I think that's probably my horizon. Besides, I don't have any big plans. Um, keep focus lab rocking. Stay happy. Spend time with my family. Be healthy. So I have an easy two-year plan from now. Awesome. In my mind. Well, I... <laughs> Well, wrapping up real quickly so we can let you focus on that last one, especially the spending time with your family. Um, you know, where can people find you online? Yeah. Um, so I have the same handle for everything, which works out great for me. So it's Bill S. Kenny, uh, mm-hmm. Kenny K E N N E Y. That's the sneaky part of it. Um, Twitter, I'm probably most active on Instagram. Dribble, of course. But again, same handle for everything. I've locked that up basically across everything I can. And I use a lot of them. I'm very socially active uh, online. So find me there. Um, check us out on Sidecar. Uh, I, jeez, oh, I, th- I'm going to get back to you on a coupon code. I'm pretty sure we made one, but we've been trying to schedule this for so long. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. <laughs> All right. I think it's hug next. I'm pretty sure it's hug next. Uh, I will let you know so that people can awesome. go to Sidecar, buy products. We'll keep it open for 30 days. It'll be 40% off, which is a huge price chop on all our stuff. Um, I guess that's it. That's my, my mini plug at the end. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking time, and we'll be sure to, once we figure out for sure if it's Hugnex, <laughs> put that into the show notes. Listen, we'll um, make it that regardless. Let's just call it that now, and I've made it something else. I'm going to change it and call it Hugnex. So by the time this sounds comes good. out, that will be what it is. So madebysidecard.com, uh, Hugnex. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate you taking the time. And since we mentioned Hugnex, would you mind taking us out? Yeah, absolutely. Um Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. If anything, I I always love speaking to people, just talking about um, what we do, the design community in general, um, the fact that we don't come from some crazy um, dynamic background. We were just a couple dudes that started <laughs> a thing. Uh, and I think with this, a lot of hard work and intention behind what you do, you know, it's so, so cliche, but kind of anything is possible. You can create your own destiny. Um, so I, I do enjoy talking about that and try to hopefully inspire other people to think the same way. Awesome. Go out and hug some next. Yes, let's go hugging. Find out more about Bill on Twitter, at Bill S. Kenny, and be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook, at Creative SO Pod, and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Creative South GA, or over at CreativeSouth.com, and I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit jack.ing slash design and get up to $75 off your next order when you use promo code CSPODCAST16. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CreativeSouth. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. Don't forget to head over to CreativeSouthGA.com right now to pick up your tickets for Creative South in April of 2017. We're looking forward to seeing you there and hugging some necks. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at Patreon.com slash CreativeSouth. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks. Necks.